Hello listeners, welcome to A Writer's World. This is Sean Griffin, a poet and writer who hopes to share some part of that world with you here on KWNK. It's a big subject and we'll see where it leads. Today's program is entitled In Forgiveness. Before I begin, a note to the listeners. Please forgive my insistence on turning to the men I teach in the prison workshop. Their enforced isolation, compounded by the pandemic, has ground the workshop to a halt. Perhaps this radio show is for them, and by inference, all of us who are separated from those we care about. And because I could not go inside, I spoke with some of the men who were outside this past week. I worry about them like you worry about a son or a daughter who has left the nest and is alternately in and out of communication. Almost to a person, they are stretched, with the normal give and take of work, school, relationships, and more. Some have none of these things, which exacerbates the notion of release. It is hardly release when what you have to eat is the money from donating your blood. And yet, another has recently remarried after losing a spouse to cancer. He could not be happier. His new daughter-in-law shared that she could not be happier for this man who cherished her mother and adopted her kids like they were his own. It is like this when you get out, a graph of high and low, spikes of being and not being. Still another man was visited by his parole officer to be thanked for pursuing his graduate education and then, quixotically, was told to put an ankle bracelet on after being outside for over seven years. It seems Caprice knows no favorites, no special proxy for who gets tagged and who does not. I reminded him... It's still better than wearing the bracelet inside, where hope is not just a thing with feathers, to paraphrase Emily Dickinson, but a fleeting thing that must be spoken and felt to find purchase on the yard. There is no rational explanation for such things. They happen. They ensnare the men who live in the justice system. And most, save those with good lawyers or names, have to deal with it. When he asked his parole officer how he was to look for work with the bracelet on, because the interviewer's questions would ultimately funnel to his crime, the P.O. simply said, I don't know, not my problem. And thus the perfidy of justice. I have to lower my voice, speak as if it were my son, and ask him to forgive, to find a way forward without understanding. He acknowledges my request on the long telephone line down south trying not to be diminished. He is lucky in other respects. His lover loves him without conditions, and perhaps it is that which sustains him. I had to call my other friend four times to find him. He is not working, not in a relationship, and seems scattered. I also worry about him. He's leaning into the midst of easy schemes, the something-for-nothing matchbox makers of the world. Of course, they lie in wait for someone like him coming down the road. He too may get ensnared. The last con man he spoke with wanted him to sell insurance in a kind of pyramid scheme. It smelled before I even talked to the man. My friend asked me to reach out to him, to vet him, if you will. I did, and I hung up. How these people persist, I do not know. He thought he was doing my friend and others like him a favor. He gave ex-felons a break, 
didn't care about their record, wanted them to be in his employ, but it is like a fairy tale of misfortune. I told my friend to stay away. I do not know if he listened. Then I said, You know, I always tell the guys, as hard as it is to do the time, the hardest part is staying outside. You're right, he said, as if I had won a contest. I don't want to be right, I said. I want you to be seen for who you are, not for what you did. Thank you for calling me back, I said wistfully. It's so good to talk to you, he said, which was code for, I'm having a hell of a time. Almost no one trusts me, not even my family, because I effed up. I understand. I have to find a way to center myself, to get back to who I am. But I'm writing again, he said. Yeah, and I think it may be all right. I don't know what happened to my poems. They're gone. But I can make new ones, can't I? I can make this work. I want to see them, I told him. I want to read what you're doing. You know, that's your blood on the page. That's not something you fool with. Send them to me. I will, I will. You take care. Let's talk soon. And that's where it usually ends. Sometimes he drifts for days, months, and then comes back on the screen, his life untidy, untoward, in between. The part of justice no one sees. No one but he and others like him who navigate the shallows. Another friend is also in graduate school, almost done with his master's degree. A minor miracle given the ravages of staying alive in full-time study. But he has, and he has not lost hope or faith that with time he can recover, not just himself, but others who are getting out, who need the understanding of someone who has been there. He hopes to start a non-profit for ex-offenders because, as is now probably clear, it's a path of confusion, of derailment, of disorientation. Even the most dedicated can fall, hard, and quickly into a spiral that is without peer, and before long Dante's rings of hell seem innocuous. But like all of the men, it is his compassion that saves him. He wants to do more for others than himself, which is the only real saving there is, to serve others without expectation, just serve. That is the liberation from all codes, penal, societal, familial. He knows it, and the others know it. Because when your spine has been broken, the real and ephemeral comes into sharp focus. Those who remain at your side are few. There are too many reasons to align with less than this. But we know this and mitigate against this complacency throughout our lives. We worry over those we love. Still another friend who has been outside for many years, 15 I think, called to say he was with the same woman and working long distance at a remote job site building mining rigs. He flew in this pandemic weekly to the site, sometimes worked six days, came home, slept, washed clothes, and flew down the next day. He's not writing, doesn't have time, but hopes to soon when he retires, maybe a year or two. He's teaching a young man his trade. He enjoys it, and it is a trade that's dying. It is hard work. But passing his skills on gives him purpose. He has a manuscript that is languishing with a publisher, but he must send them money to underwrite its printing costs. This will be his third volume since getting out. 
He did a CD of him reading his poems from one of the earlier collections. I think of these poems as topographical maps of desire, ways to stay in the world when the world has no apparent access. The poems are clear, written in plain language. They lack pretense. But what pretense could you claim when you build head rigs six days a week? He paints as well, and both of the art forms are grounded in Native American myth and ritual. I do not know if he is from a specific tribe. It helps him to stay out of prison. That is tribe enough. My friends are not angels. They did not want to be angels. They only wanted to be people when they were released. I want to close with a poem from the most recent issue of Razorwire, the journal from the workshop. It is by the late Greg Kovner, and it is entitled Poem. Is there anything better than a well-written poem, one that strikes meaning? At its end, you want to write another that resists the claw of existence. Greg asked that I send this issue with his poems in it to his mother, who lived 70 miles to the south. It was his great honor to share it with her, this small, black-covered journal of their poetry and artwork, and she was happy to receive the poems. They were an acknowledgment of his presence on the yard and in her life. After all that had happened, he was still her son. The poems managed to forgive, and that is where they met to read them, in forgiveness. This concludes our program on In Forgiveness. Please join us in the Collective Ethersphere Sundays at 5 p.m. for our next Meditation on Words or stream it at kwnkradio.org. And please support your local independent bookstore. In Reno, that's Sundance Books and Music, and in Las Vegas, that's the Writer's Block. They're open, and we need them. Thank you, be safe, and spread a little kindness wherever you are. <laughs>